Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Crisis. I am so excited to be bringing you this episode because it's a chat I had prior to my travels, so I have been holding on for it for way too long. This week, I chat with Sarah Rose from the Hunter Markets. If you don't know what Hunter Markets is, it is a sustainable market where influencers can on-sell their clothing to the general public. It's an amazing concept. And what's even more incredible about this is Sarah is 21 years old, which makes her Generation Z. And before you start thinking, what the hell am I doing with my life? Sarah took a huge leap and decided to take an unconventional pathway that has led her to grow her business over the past five years. We talk about Instagram as a platform for marketing, what Generation Z wants, how she has continued to grow her business, and make sure you wait till the end so you can do this week's challenge, which is a really cool one. And I think it is really going to help us kick our butts into gear and start something that we've always wanted to start. So without any further ado, welcome to episode 10 of the podcast, my chat with Sarah Rose from Hunter Markets. This is The Millennial Crisis by Demi Kotsouris, Wi-Fi not included. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for being here. I'm really excited about today's episode and having you on. Sarah, did you want to tell us all your name, your age and what you do? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on here. I feel so blessed. I feel so blessed. Um, So my name is Sarah. My age is 21 and I run Hunter Markets, which is a market which allows influencers to sell their unwanted clothing to the general public of Melbourne. Which is crazy. When I found out that Sarah was 21, I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? (laughs) Do you want to get into, I guess, a little bit about when you decided you wanted to do something on your own, because I guess Hunter Market, the concept first came about five years ago, didn't it? Back then I was 17. So I was in year 12 and I started it back then with just girls who wanted to sell their clothes, their secondhand clothes. So you didn't have to be an influencer to sell your clothes at the market back then. And it was great, but I wanted it to be better. And by fluke, I had two influencers come to that market two years ago. They were just friends of my older sister and they sold the most and they promoted about the most. So I wanted to create a space of just influencers being so much more harder to do because everyone, every girl wants to sell their clothes and everyone can get a stall at Hunter Markets, but just to make it a niche of influencers was going to be a lot harder, but the payoff would be better yeah Yeah, for sure and I guess that kind of comes in to your pathway and your journey of 17 to 21 and the the path that majority of people take which is graduate high school go to university or some form of higher education how did you deal with one having the confidence to be like I have this idea I'm gonna go for it and two saying no to societal pressures of I need to go to uni. I went to a small Catholic all-girls school and that is real that was a really old school 
school. Like yeah. I don't even know when it started, but it was fucking like when the dinosaurs were roaming <laughs> yeah. the air. Yeah. And there were still nuns at the school. Love that. So you would go see the careers lady and she's like, so what are you into? And I would be like, um, Instagram, the Kardashians. <laughs> I love that. Imagine and saying that to like like a a, a career nun. Yeah, a career nun. Like, um, so what are you into? What do you like? What subjects do you find easy at school? And um, things like that. I knew that I never wanted to go to uni because I found it really hard to focus in class. And I took a gap year. And in your first podcast, you spoke about gap years and how important they are with and Mia and um, about finding yourself and what you like, what you don't like. I think gap years are really important. I got a job. I landed a job at Mecca and I just saved for a really long time and I went to Europe, I went to the Middle East. It was more like... I suppose, finding myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I really did. So I took a break from Hunter Markets. I was running those ones with just regular girls and I was like, I'm just, I just stopped it for some reason. I think that um, it was hard to find venue and then it just, there was all these issues and I was like, nah, fuck off. I'm going to Europe. But when I was away, I was still thinking about Hunter Markets a lot. So I knew that that was kind of almost what I wanted to go home and what I wanted to work on. So yeah. I think, yeah, going away or taking a gap year, learning about who you are, what you like, learning about money as well, how hard I worked, yeah. save and things like that. And, like, open your mind and be more creative and definitely. No, that's interesting. I didn't know about the gap year side of things and I think that's it's one thing that has come up in the majority of interviews and people that I've spoken to, it's this concept of stepping away from where you currently are because I think we get surrounded by our communities that we're in and we think that's the only way of thinking or that's the only pathway we need to be on. Yes, 100%. And magic happens outside of your comfort zone. If I'd probably gone to university because I had looked at a lot of degrees because my parents were like, come on, why don't you go to uni? Let's look at, and even the careers lady, let's look at what you'd be interested in. I'm like, well, I'd like to own a business one day. So let's just look at a whole bunch of business degrees and courses. And I went to open days at RMIT, Melbourne, things like that. Yeah. And I was like, well, I could do a degree and five years later then start my business or I could do it now and yeah. just learn along the way. Amazing. And I think that's also something because you're a Gen Z. Yeah. So I think that's also something that's coming up more with the younger generations. We are shown so many things on Instagram of people owning businesses and doing amazing things and them not having a degree to do that. Yeah. Like influencer in Melbourne who's huge, Chloe Zepanowski. She has an activewear brand called Zep and it's sold out within five minutes and it's a great activewear brand and it's like did she did she study for hours about business and you know what I mean yeah Yeah, it's just different especially kids these days looking at their iPhone who they look up to is completely different to what who we looked up to or yeah for sure and I guess speaking about who you looked up to who was your kind of inspiration throughout this you're definitely gonna laugh but my big mood inspiration is Drake Love that. No, love that. Love that. Honestly. <laughs> so he's my main yeah. man. Yeah. I, um, on my 18th birthday, I got his record label tattooed on my wrist. Stop. Oh, um, my God. Yes. She's got the OVO owl. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I That's love that. That's what I have tattooed on me. But he is just like my main inspiration. And That's so good. he really 
he says in his songs, like he knew he was the greatest before he was. Yeah. And I knew that Hunter Markets was something going to be something big before it was. So I yeah. think that's what, yeah, I just love him. He started from the bottom. He has just this alter ego that's fantastic. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm in the top two, but I'm not number two. I'm number one. Is also, he? I love Cardi B and she's. She's just like a bad bitch. Yeah, <laughs> she's a bad bitch. She gets me in my bad bitch mood. Yeah. Now, before you said, I knew Hunter Markets was going to be something special before it was. Yeah. But when you spoke about Drake, it was Drake knew he was number one. Yeah. Is Hunter Markets your alter ego then? Yeah, maybe. Like I, I, yeah, I saw it being something huge before it even was. So on the first um, market that I did, I said to my sister, oh, there's going to be a line out the front. And she was like, no, there won't be. And I was like, no, like I just, I know there will be. And there was no one. <laughs> but I was like, it's weird because I saw it being something really big. I just had this vision. You really believe in it and you think that it's going to go well. It will go well. I'm really into manifesting as well. Yeah. So, yeah, envisioning everything happening and it'll happen. Just had the confidence in the idea and yeah. was like, this is great. And also taking that break, nobody did it in the break as well. Yeah. We spoke about that. So I just saw this gap for it in the market and the hardest part is to start. I love the quote, um, do something today that your future self will thank you for. Yeah. So the first step I took was starting the Instagram up again yeah. and that was such a small step but that played a big role in my marketing because all my marketing is done on Instagram. Yeah. So just by posting an inspo pic and being active on Instagram again, that was my small step. Yeah. It was not like culling influencers hours and hours. It was just that small step of starting Instagram. And what you just need to get the ball, ball rolling, I suppose, because you can post – Hey guys, I'll be releasing a podcast, and that's just the pod that you have. You might not even have an idea for it or have started it, but that's just the getting the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah. The start's always the hardest. Where did it go from there? Where did that small step lead you into asking influencers if they wanted to be on board this movement? And yeah. I got a lot of cutbacks, and I would send the message the you know to about five hundred people, and only you know two would reply, just continuing being persistent. And with the first one that I did and nobody really showed up, that could have been an end. Like I could have said, oh, that was a shit idea. Why did I try it? Let's just never talk about that again. Delete yeah. the Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Delete all the footage that happened that day. Yeah. But I still had people messaging me being like, when is the next one going to happen? Even though they didn't even come to it, they were just like, when's the next one on? And I was like, oh, crap, I need to. That's the momentum yeah. that I need to keep doing it. How do you go about utilising social media to its its fullest potential? I suppose I just make it look really juicy and I make sure my photography is on fleek and I make sure that our stories, you know, getting reposted on the day. I make sure that everybody who comes to it is going to post about it. Like everybody who goes to Chadston doesn't post about their event at Chadston, but how can you make that? Well, they'll put like a yeah. Tiffany boxes and things like that. How can they make that? Yeah. That's the place to, so you wanted to create a space where people wanted to share and yes. make it aesthetically pleasing. Yes, so that's why the building be. is pink. Yeah. And space is gorgeous. You said something last time and it really kind of it hit home for me and you said, I didn't just want to 
give people a secondhand market. I wanted to create an experience where girls could come shop and stay with their friends. Yes. And it was very audience focused. Everything you speak about and the way you speak about Hunter Markets is that Hunter Markets is an experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, my audience has actually changed through starting this because when I envisioned the audience, I thought it was going to be maybe like from 19-year-olds to through to 34. So that was my target demographic. But the more I do these markets, the more I realise there's 14-year-old girls coming to it because the people who are coming to the market are the people that follow the Instagrammers. And now the younger generation is on Instagram. They're the ones that are heavily following them. They're the ones that want to be where they are. Nowadays, if a if an influencer posts she's at a cafe, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Like there's another million cafes in Melbourne. But if she posts that and a 14-year-old girl sees that, she's like, that's where I'm going on the weekend. So the demographic of followers for the, I don't know, the target audience is becoming younger. That's so just- I've had to change change to who what I think younger girls would want to see there. Back to Mecca. I worked at Mecca Land. You would think a big beauty expo like that, it would be middle-aged women to girls who are wearing makeup, but it wasn't. It was 16-year-old girls with glitter on their face that had lined up to see Shani Grimmer. If you want your business to succeed on Instagram and you want to hit your marketing right, I think it needs to be targeted younger, especially with pop culture. Like if I post something and I'm like I want it I got it everyone's like fucking yes (laughs) and I want you know and it gets more more likes than something that's but it's I'm I'm so cool with that because I just am expressing the way how I speak on hunter markets it's not like I'm trying to target a demographic that I have no fucking idea about because I know what these girls are into let's dive deeper into instagram now and yes. you've understood i love your... instagram by yeah. the way let's just put it out there that <laughs> you have a question on there and it says how many hours do you spend on my phone i spend off five hours on average on my phone yeah and i love instagram i think it's the best thing that's ever ever come about i don't think i'm not mad at my generation at all i'm yeah. like this is where shit's at yeah and this everything is at our fingertips and if I had to do a, a marketing strategy where I had to pour out all these millions into other, you know, things, I would fail. But just because I have this app that, yeah, I love Instagram. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> you know no, no. I, mean? I think that's awesome. And I think it it also says a lot to playing to your strengths. Yeah, Instagram exactly. was your strength. You spent so much time on it before Hunter Market. Yeah, correct. So you knew the platform as the back of your hand. And this is what I want to kind of get out to anyone listening right now is that Instagram might not be the place for you right now. You might have something else that you can utilise that you know is at the back of your hand that is just a hobby or something you do mindlessly but it's actually something you can utilise in your business or in your career. And I have a hashtag which is called I'd Hunted This and I allow the community that came to Hunter Markets to post what they purchased online using that hashtag I hunted this so I never wanted it to just be like oh you went to the market and that's it I want them to share to all of their followers and whether yeah. it be five or 500 to what they bought it's very cool and I think it says a lot about your generation and how they're thinking the power of social media used in the right way of thinking it's not just about 
posting and getting likes. It's yes. about building that trust and that community. Oh, and I've met so many friends out of hunter markets and girls who are like sustainability bloggers and and yeah, it's yeah. like it's it really is a community. Our generation don't want work life balance; they want work life integration. Yes. So essentially, with your business, what you've done is you've not only grown it for networking and yeah. and started to build this huge platform and community for yourself, but you're also using it as you're having friendships that are growing from there, and you're yeah. making it. Although you're working for yourself on your own you're not you've got this huge network of people that I'm sure will grow further and further that you collaborate with and grow together how do you work alone no I work well alone but I'm like you said there's no work-life balance I'm working all the time based on Instagram that's just I'm I'm not a switch off girl let's talk about the other side of social media and the hate yeah that the 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 page can get what is the hate and then we'll talk about the strategy that you use to I guess combat the hate and tackle it head on oh it gets a lot of hate in regards to influencers um on selling the things that they get for free that's probably the main hate bubble Mm. I honestly think if an influencer can choose to give that item she got for free to a new loving home instead of putting it in the bin or making no use out of it at all. It's just a little upcycling community that I want to create. Don't see that as a as a bad thing as an influencer selling. Majority of my influencers also donate their their earnings. So some of them donate their earnings. What they do with it is completely up to them because being an influencer in this day and age is completely hard and it's a job in itself so if that's her job and she got that for free she worked for it she didn't you know really hard to be an influencer and if she got that for free she really worked for it and she earned it and good on her go her no I I yeah exactly fuck the haters (laughs) but no I 100% agree because I when you first told me about the hate that you had copped on the page yeah it had not crossed my mind at all yeah you thought it was just like fairies and rainbows yeah yeah, no I did because I was like I was like this not only had you created this community and this experience which was an awesome event like I have been a stall holder at at the market so I've experienced it firsthand not only that but you you were it was there was another message behind it with which was recycle fast fashion is a thing that is becoming a real problem and something I'm trying to like educate myself on more and more nothing is really over $70 so when I see girls post oh I got this like you know, the fifth label jacket and I got it for $10, even though the influencer possibly did get it for free, let's just say. The fact that this girl is so happy, you should see my DMs after them, girls being over the moon that they got this a fifth of the retail. That's what I'm like, that's what I'm focusing on, not people pissing on the parade and being angry about it. It's focusing, yeah. That's why just be positivity in this day and age you really should focus on the good let's talk about that positivity mindset and Mm. how you combat the hate with that because you respond to all All of your hate comments yeah so let's talk a bit about how you tackle that and then the response rate that comes from that if you do get a response back once you do engage with those hate comments yeah so I think it's so important as a business that you should 
respond to hate and you should never either delete the comment or th- put it under the blanket because you need to address it. Even just by saying we're working on it or yeah. something like that acknowledges this person that is feeling angry and riding on this troll. Just acknowledging that maybe the troll is having a really shit day and yeah. you just need to, and by you not responding, just flames fuel to the fire. Respond to everything if whether as somebody's like, this is a stupid concept, influencers get everything for free. Well, it's not. How would you respond to a comment like that? Um, I would respond saying thank you so much for writing in. Uh, we understand that influencers can sometimes get things for free. It's, it is a job in itself for them to get it, but the fact that they are on selling it to for a really, really, really one, one eighth of what the retail price is to a, on a new loving girl who's going to um, really cherish it, then I don't really care. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. Bye, what's, the res- what's, the, <laughs> what's the response rate when you do? Not a lot. Really? No. Okay. And like my little community of girls will like the. the Your response. <laughs> yeah. We love that. I love we that, love girls. That Thank so you. Much. Yeah. But no, because I guess the, the fact that you do engage, I think is like so important. And think, I think that a lot of businesses should take that on board. Like I kind of spoke to you about, I used to work at a council and we used to delete, block and ignore. Yeah. And it would just get the community fired up Correct. even more. And they would just come back harder and harder and harder. And you had said how um, the the kind of the concept of fighting hate with positivity came from you working in Mecca and, yes. and their policy on on hate comments. Yes. Um, do you want to talk a bit about that kind of thinking and, and how you've applied that, what your learnings from your retail job to yeah. your business now? Yeah, it's so true because uh, Mecca is a big, 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 brand Australia wide now and they are doing all fantastic things I worked for them for three years and I love Mecca to bits I can't say one bad thing about it but they do get a lot of hate with all of their products they don't even create their products that's the thing and they're getting hate directly at them this mascara clumped this you know this foundation just is the the worst thing that's ever blah blah blah. lots of hate anything you can think of girls being angry about their makeup they will just fire it at mecca and mecca responds to every single one of them their comments whether as i would have been mortified if people were writing that about my products and yeah i would have deleted it so nobody nobody else sees that and yeah. nobody you know and we're gonna our mascara sales are gonna go down but that's not what happens mecca respond to that hate and then mascara sales go up yeah. so it was just like i watched that and was kind of blown away yeah and then yeah. that's what kind of helped you I guess give you the confidence to be like no I need to tackle this head on and I see some like savage um hate responses for influencers as well sometimes if they're um getting hate and trolls on their writing stuff and they click they're like no I see that and I'm gonna respond to it so yeah and it just can put people in their space instead of just them not responding and yeah when the hate kind of first began yeah it did then trend for a moment and it became a subject on a really popular podcast shameless and they had spoken about um the concept of the market and how it was an issue that influencers were selling free free stuff essentially things that they had received for free and that would have been 
so disheartening, I guess, for you that this huge podcast with this massive community and influence oh, yeah. are talking negatively about yeah. about your your brand. In the moment I was like so down and then I was just like, you know what? What the fuck would Drake do? <laughs> and I was like, no new friends. No new friends. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, I love that. It, you know, like what you said, no people. I'm like, hey, they're still talking about it. Like yeah. people are like, yeah. Yeah. And then I guess what happened from that? You had a, a, a friend oh, yeah, a friend. I didn't someone. feel so strongly that I needed to message them because I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that they're even talking about the markets. Yeah. Because it's, I was really blown away, even though it was kind of in a, yeah. A hateful way. So a friend of mine, she's really like passionate about everything and she yeah. got wrote to them and was like, I don't think you understand. <laughs> she wrote, it's just created by this like 21-year-old girl and she's just getting girls to just swap their clothes pretty much, yeah. create this recycling community. And the next podcast they came back apologising and saying... Yeah, it, sound, it sounds like a great concept. Yeah. And now I listen to their podcast all the time because I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, we all fuck up in life. <laughs> no, but I think it's so important. I think it's a great message for not only their audience because their podcast is all about empowering girls, right, and yeah. it's all about that kind of stuff. So I think, one, it was huge of them to turn around and oh, yeah. retract their Correct, their and it says a lot about their personality too. So it's- 100%, yeah, but I think also it's important that it was the education part. So although it wasn't you this time, yeah. but someone within your community had fought back at the hate, I guess. Yes. But in an educational way, not saying like, fuck you guys. Yeah, this, exactly. You know, your, well, your podcast is shit. I don't think that's great, you know. She had turned around and said, no, look, your concept is this. This girl is essentially like starting this crate, like this amazing platform, this community for people and adapting to the new age which yeah. I think is the most important part about the hunter market is it's this new age market concept and I think that's why it works so fantastically well and why it will continue to work well in the future even if things change you will innovate with it and I yeah. think that's one thing you're not I scared hope so. to do. Yeah no not at all. People say how do you choose the influencers it's hard because I can really reach and dig deep for did we speak about this at the cafe how oh, I no. dig deep for like um Australian fashion bloggers and how like you know those ones that are just like fashion bloggers yes just blog fashion yeah and I try really really hard to get them on board yeah but then I get someone from Love Island on board and everybody who doesn't even blog about fashion and everybody loses the plot and I get online going crazy so Yeah. yeah it's also really knowing your audience because I found that after doing more research the people who the the fashion bloggers yeah their target audience is the whole globe following those fashion bloggers yeah the people who are following love island personalities are only that was only aired on australian tv so like it's got to be it just says a lot about the thinking that goes into yeah a lot of things also have smaller influences there because i research a lot of engagement so uh these days it's really hard to know who has the legit followers um i don't know instagram needs to get their act together like what is with that like buying followers because you can get someone with like you know 500k and 
their they're posting bikini pics and their Insta comments are like fucking men in India. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Those creepy men. And yeah. you're like, well, that's I not like the- it. <laughs> like, you know, they just like comment like random things really? like very nice, <laughs> you know, yeah. really bad English. Yeah, like that type of thing. And if they're commenting on them, I don't want those Indian men at the hunter market. Yeah, that's not who's. I need the girls who are like, oh, my God, check out this outfit, tagging hundreds of their friends because I'm like that. Let's get into your mindset going into Hunter Markets. Hunter Markets isn't your bread and butter at the moment. You still work, uh, you work for your parents as well. Yeah. Yeah. So how, and you've been going at this for five years now. Yeah. So how do you feel going at something for five years? I think that it kind of, when you spoke about it, um, not being my bread and butter, I feel like it kind of is because I said that I haven't gone to university. I don't really have a other strong career so everything I throw into it I'm like this is I'm in it for the long haul I'm not this is not some type of side hustle this is hunter markets is is everything but yeah I don't know how I don't feel discouraged because I think I just have a brain of exploding of how many ideas and venues I want to take it that I'm like Building an audience is just more, oh, 100%. More, yeah, literally, <laughs> it's more valuable than, than having, you know, a, a job oh, in an office where you're making 100K a year. Definitely. Because this in, this community that, you're, that you have now is that dollar sign. And I Correct. guess it's harder for other generations or older generations to grasp a hold of that you're growing something that you can't put, I guess, a monetary value on right now. Yeah. Investing in you is so much more important. Back to the start of the podcast. No, when I, what I wanted to do was I think in my generation, we don't want to do a lot. We don't want to work. Yeah. Like we see that influencers, we're being fed that they're sitting at home yeah. doing a makeup tutorial and they're getting, fe- they're getting money to do that. Yeah. So our generation is really brainwashed that we don't want to do a lot. We don't want to work nine to five. That's yeah. just like, so I knew that I wanted to, cause you said you put in a lot of work to the market, but I'm like, I feel like I don't put in a lot of work to the market because I wanted to have a business where I am not killing myself for, yeah. but it's doing really well. So yeah. that's where Instagram is just like my yeah. best friend Yeah, because I, and also I love that famous quote where it's like Uber is the number one transport company and it doesn't own one car. Yes, or, yeah. Or um, what's yeah, another yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, the Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. don't own one they property. Own pro- yeah. And you're like, oh, my God. So I saw that quote and was like mind blown. And I was like, I want to own the biggest recycling market in Australia but own not one fucking item of stuff. And that's where it kind of came in. Because I also, because people are like, oh my God, launch this online. Launch it online. Sell influencers clothes online. I'm like, I don't want to own their stock. I don't want to wait for somebody. I don't want to post. I want to do nothing, Demi. Yeah. (laughs) So let's get into um, the millennial crisis ending questions. And the first one is, what is the first small step you took to achieve what you're currently doing? So I have in my room um, a huge, huge poster paper that I made when I was 17 after I read Girl Boss. Amazing. And I wrote Hunter Markets in the middle and I cut out pictures and I just did a big, big brainstorm of where I want it to be, what I want it to look like, how how I want to get people on board. Everything, words, wrote down words, wrote down tweets, wrote down anything. Yeah. And, yeah, I still have it in my room. And I'm like, I'm going to show up for that bitch who made that poster. 
No, that is unreal. And, and like, now we have this week's challenge. Yeah, make, make a poster. Yeah, it's going to be a vision board. Yeah, really important to me. Pinterest boards are really important to me. Yeah, so I just made that poster and I still have it and I've, I'm like, I really don't want to post on Instagram tonight. Like I just want to sit on the couch and watch maths. I'm like, no, the girl who drew that picture, you need to do it for her. And I'm like, yeah, right. I'll post on Instagram. That's so <laughs> What would you consider to be your biggest millennial crisis right now? Yeah, I thought about that question for a really long time. So I was like, oh, my God, I've just have like, well, fucking get the scroll yeah. out. <laughs> right. so, right. so many crises yeah. in my life. So I measure the success slash happiness of my day based on how many things I ticked off my to-do list. Do you do the same thing? Uh, I I try not to anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the happiness of my day is is pretty much of how I... how many things I tick off and if I tick off lots I'm in a really good mood recently my oldest sister had a beautiful baby boy and I spent majority of last week just at her aid and helping him and I was just so fallen in love with this um little newborn and then I would come home and be and my um I suffer from anxiety and my I would get anxiety attacks being like you're worthless, you haven't done enough today, you know, really kicking myself for spending doing something that I really enjoyed. So I think that for me is my millennial crisis. It's like I beat myself up for enjoying life, enjoying myself. Yeah. 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 So if I hang out with friends and they're like, let's go to the movies, I'm like, oh, fuck. But then the whole time I'll be at the movies, I'll be thinking about all the things I could have been doing. That's a real millennial issue, though. One of the other reasons why this podcast kind of took so much for me to get out was because I'd put so much pressure on that. I was saying no to going to my friend, like to saying no to my friends so much because I'd say no to that. And I'm like very extroverted. So I get my energy from other people. So I'd isolate myself and then do nothing and then get down on myself for doing nothing, which just caused a, like a spirally effect. Cycle, yeah. So now I like realize after the episode that I did with Sam, where it was no, I get my energy from people. I need to book an interview or a catch up with a friend in the morning, maybe in a more constructive way. Like maybe we go for a walk instead, right? Yeah. So I feel like I'm doing something, and I'm I'm not. I can tick something off my list, or like that becomes part of my list yes. of like. Um, you know, go for a walk, that's which is so something true. that I do for me or like catch up with a friend that needs to be on that list. And that's why I said like I try not to do the list, but I do them in a different way now. Yes. Which is, yeah, that's crazy that, isn't it? How yeah. you can be sitting somewhere and instead of enjoying that moment, you're thinking about, oh, I could be on this page doing this thing right now. Correct. And um, the last question is what is one thing you want to explore or that you are curious about? I actually think I want to study, but I want to study more like like uh, more marketing and I just want to be better. I know that I'm already good on Instagram, but I just want to be better yeah. and I want to study social media courses and yeah. things like that because there's also so, there's things that are being created every day that I don't even understand. Like um, fucking what are those like young people doing? TikTok. Yeah. And I'm like, no, well, how can I advertise Hunter Markets on TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> but but like, seriously. You know I mean? I'm like, yeah. I want to, I do actually want to, because I've taken this break, started something. I'm actually like, no, I actually want to study what 
people are interested in and how yeah. it draws people in. Yeah. Why do people only, why do some of my photos on Instagram get 500 likes and some of them get 53? Yeah. What makes people click that? Yeah. I want to. Yeah, really explore that. explore that. Thought of another millennial crisis as well. Yes, we love really, that. I think that I get high anxiety and stress from matching my Instagram feed and that is a fucking millennial crisis. <laughs> it's a really bad crisis this day and age. Yeah. But, yeah, that re- actually really works me up. Like I'm like, yeah, get down in the yeah. dumps. Well, How it crazy. Looks, but it looks <laughs> amazing. Let me tell you that much. Let's wrap this up. Is there any message or keeps you motivated? Yeah, 100%. I think I have one quote that I live by and it is, um, no one is you and that is your power. So, um, yeah, no, no one... Like there could, there's so many markets out there. There's even Instagrams that sell influencers clothes. There's apps just for influencers, carousel for them to sell their clothes. This already exists, but nobody is you. Don't get disheartened from your competition or no one is you. That's your power. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that is going on our vision boards as well. (laughs) So um, I'm so excited for this challenge. Um, Cool. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I think you've just honestly added a wealth of um, knowledge and insight. And I also don't think you realise how like successful and inspirational you are to other people, especially with your age. Don't get so down on yourself for not ticking off those yeah. things on the list because you're honestly fucking killing it and Aww. you you can be that person for other people that are like I'm not on Sarah's level right now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And if you would never look at them and be like, but you're on your own journey. So Correct. like we should have that same empathy for ourselves, I guess. Yeah, yeah? that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So thank but you I so like much. You said um, that you put on like your list things for you, then you feel like reverse psychology. So yeah. I'm going to take that away from this podcast and write on mine, it's... read a book and then I'll read it and be like, so, girls, uh, if you want to know a bit more about the Hunter Market, all of Sarah's details will be in there. You can just for all updates, you can follow um, Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure you have Instagram because you found out about this podcast. So thank you so much. Thanks. And this was awesome. Yay. Honestly, how unreal is Sarah? To think that she is 21 is absolutely insane. If you didn't already gather, this week's challenge is going to be some kind of vision board, something that you create yourself about a place you want to be in the future, whether it's your goal for this month, your goal for the year, or your goal for the next five years. Create some kind of vision board and put it somewhere where you can see it every day. When I had this conversation with Sarah and she mentioned the vision board and on the days that she felt down in the dumps and really did not want to do anything for Hunter Markets, that when she caught a glimpse of that, it reminded her of the girl that started it, of the girl that has pushed through every single day to build this awesome community and business. And I don't know about you guys, but I swear to you, sometimes four out of seven days a week, I feel so unmotivated and I don't want to do anything. And sometimes you just need a little message, whether it's from one of you guys I get. It's really nice when I'm having one of those days and there is something that reminds me to 
push through and keep going. And I think a vision board is an awesome idea for that. I'm traveling around South America at the moment, so I've got to get a little bit creative about this. I think I'm going to create a digital vision board, maybe one for my background on my laptop and one for my phone screen. And I think what I'm going to do is something to say to keep going with this podcast. As you guys know, I've been up and down a lot with it at times, and it's been a struggle for me to get out at different points of my life. But whenever I get back into it and release every single week, I feel so good. And hearing you message me saying that an episode really helped, um, honestly brightens my day and makes me want to make a lot more. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you again so much to Sarah. All of her information will be in the show notes below. And if you do this week's challenge, I was about to say, if you do do, wow, I'm such a child. Please make sure that you tag me and Sarah on Instagram. Uh, My handle is at Demi and Sarah, you can tag Hunter Markets or her other handle is Baby Chino, but that will all be in the show notes. Finally, if you haven't subscribed or followed, please do uh, so that you can see every week uh, when I upload an episode and if you want to leave a rating it helps me so 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 much anyways that's all for this week I will talk to you next week bye